Time travel journeys. Unlock your past, empower your future, and supercharge your life. Hello, everyone. This episode, we're talking about a groundbreaking approach to personal growth and professional development, time travel. Imagine exploring your past, present, and future with the guidance of an expert coach uncovering hidden passions, talents, and strengths that can transform your life. Using a unique methodology of self-compassion, self-confidence, and meaningful social connection, this program empowers individuals and communities in overcoming self-doubt, anxiety, isolation, and depression. Time Travel Journeys is a truly transformative experience that takes you on an incredible journey of self-discovery using a combination of mindfulness, visualization, and storytelling to help you connect with your inner self and unleash your full potential. Join us on this journey and discover who you truly are and who you aspire to be. With Time Travel Journeys, you can unlock your past, empower your future, and supercharge your life. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe for more videos like this. And if you're ready to take on the next step towards a happier, more fulfilling life, then check out Time Travel Journeys today. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show. I'm so excited that you're here with us today and you're about to go on a wellness driven ride. Welcome to Candy Apple Advocacy, the podcast for parents who want to advocate for their children's education. I'm Jim Mallard, and I'm here with my wife, Tabby. We've been through the trenches of raising kids in the school system and know how tough it can be, but we also know how essential it is to advocate for your child and their education. That's why we started this podcast, to share our experiences and insights with other parents to help them become more effective advocates for their children. On this podcast, we'll talk about everything from general education, general school advice, the school choices you have available to you, different education styles, individualized education plans, 504s, and all those key terms that you've heard but don't know what they are. We'll talk to experts. We'll also talk to parents and hear their stories. We'll share our stories with you and give you tools you need to be a strong advocate for your child and yourself. Whether you're a new parent, or have been in the game for a while, we invite you to join our community. Let's advocate together. Let me introduce our super amazing, innovative person that we have on the show today. Mike Iskandar is on a mission to solve the global mental health crisis that strikes during childhood and lasts decades into adulthood. His work has led over 12,000 students teachers, and company employees on unconventional journey to deeper self-compassion, self-confidence, and meaningful connection. 
Mike is a TEDx speaker, innovative curriculum designer, and founder of a breakthrough social emotional learning program, Time Travel Journeys. His unique problem-solving approach comes from his diverse range of experiences as a world traveler, youth tennis coach, entrepreneur, and leader of a Fortune 500 company culture task force. He holds degrees in journalism and sociology from the University of North Carolina. Please help me welcome our guest, Mike. Thank you, April. Really appreciate that. Great to be here. And I, I think you put your own twist on that, some of that intro stuff, and it was really poetic. Thank you for <laughs> making me sound better than I probably am. So, uh, no, nope, nope. I just, I, I added all of the things that you hold and are all of the greatness that you are. So, you got to pump yourself up too because you're doing so many incredible things. So, let's share with the audience a little bit about that. Let's start with just a little bit about you personally. Yeah, for sure. So I live in uh, Raleigh-Durham area of North Carolina and um, very, very focused on this uh, time travel journeys project that, I'm, that I've been growing over the past few years. Um, I'm also uh, an employee of Southwest Airlines and have been a flight attendant for them for the past 13 years and also have uh, spent a, a number of years on their uh, culture task force kind of build their culture internally and externally. Um, I pretty much love being outdoors as much as possible. Um, and for all the screen time that we have to put in, I am usually just wanting to be out in nature. So. Oh, thank you. Well, uh, it makes sense that you are a world traveler when you work for such a global airlines. <laughs> so fabulous. I didn't know that about you. And it was really cool the way that I got to meet you and I had the pleasure of meeting you and I, I got to see you speak. It was really great. Thoroughly enjoyed that. You're an incredible speaker. You've done a TED talk. And so let's, let's backtrack a little bit because you really are focused on time travel journeys. And so the story behind that, the why behind that, the passion behind that is incredible. Would you love to share with the audience about that? Where did yeah, you start? I'd be happy to. I think it, it probably started with a question that we are all often asking ourselves these days, which is, uh, where did the time go? Mm. <laughs> I think uh, every time I bring this up, I... I get a lot of nods like, yes, I find myself asking that as well. Uh, time seems to be moving faster and faster. Um, and five years ago, uh, I found myself asking that question of, of where did the time go? And as I mentioned in the, in the talk that you were at, um, you know, I was approaching my 40s and realized I was still referring to myself as a recent college graduate. And I'm like, no, Mike, that was 17 years ago. Uh, where, <laughs> where did all that time go? And so... I realized that we often ask that question, right? And we usually say it with a hint of regret and helplessness. And I just started mm -hmm. thinking, what if we could actually answer that question? At least what if I could answer that for myself? And the uh, idea just popped in my head of what if I could travel back in time to all of the younger versions of myself and every age that I've lived so far 
And, you know, what if, what would I learn from those younger versions of myself about who I was and who I am today and who I want to become in my future? And uh, I really caught on to this, this time travel vibe. And, and so, you know, I start researching time travel just out of curiosity. And after failing to find an actual time machine, I thought, what if my time machine could be other people? Like what better way to reconnect to those younger years of my life than to just sit down and have a conversation with people living and experiencing each of those ages. Uh, okay. So, so I have to stop you right there. Yeah, because I think that is such a brilliant concept to Thanks. consider something like that, to consider, you know, you know, actually doing an interview with every single age group, you know, up until the point of age 40, uh, was there more to that? Or did you literally just think of that? Like what better way to go back into time than to, you know, see it from the perspective of these people? Uh, yeah. I mean, there was, there was a process for sure of like, of reflection and thinking back to certain younger, younger versions of myself and, you know, positives and struggles. But I think it's, it was pretty organic and, and you're right. I usually, I kind of just gloss over that part, but it is, I, I guess, unusual that I took this like hypothetical, what if, you know, that we all kind of daydream and think of, of what ifs and, uh, you know, interesting scenarios and possibilities and um, was able to ground it into a real possibility. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, so that thought led to, and, you know, I was approaching age 40 and there's something about that phase of life that um, I don't know. I was, I was just focused on it. Right. And, and I, there was a I lot can of, attest. I can <laughs> there's energy and emotion that goes into that. <laughs> yes, and so, and, and so I just had this thought of like, I'm, I want to go on this mission, right. On this journey. Um, I was almost 39 when I was thinking of this stuff. So I thought, what if I spent the year leading up to my 40th birthday um, interviewing 40 people from ages one to 40 about what it's like to be the age that they are? Uh, and, you know, what would that do for me uh, as I, enter this new decade and this new phase of life. And so I thought, of course, you know, I started thinking about the logistics and I, you know, who are these 40 people going to be? Where do I do this? And I, it, that was the fastest, easiest part of the process. Cause I knew I had to go back to my hometown school community um, back in, in Durham, North Carolina. And I was living in Orlando at the time. And so I, uh, I started looking up the the website of the school I used to go to. It's a it's a pre K through twelve school. I went through uh, middle school and high school there, and I saw that there were some teachers there that I had when I was growing up. And so I reached out to this one teacher in particular, uh, Henry Walker, who is just an education legend there, and reached out and was just like, I don't know if you remember me, but um, I've got this idea and. And he instantly remembered who I was. Even this is like 30 years um, later that I'm contacting him. Um, we might have had some contact, but uh, he was just very, he was on board the idea. I think people's reaction was usually, um, Mike, are you okay? Are you, are you going through a <laughs> midlife crisis here? 
but then also like, huh, that could be really cool. So mm -hmm. this environment in particular of, of the school that I went to growing up, Carolina Friends School, and this man, Henry Walker, like there was, there's so much value on um, self-awareness and past reflection and mm -hmm. just like understanding our own inner world. And so there was something really powerful about those themes and then also the opportunity to capture the voice of every age of this community um, yeah. up to 40. And I'll talk, get more into this later of what I'm wanting to do with other communities of even going past 40. But for me at this time, it was just very clear. You're leading up to 40. I want to sit down with 40 people, ages one to 40. I found that environment very quickly, the context, which every you know great journey needs. Um, and we pretty quickly pulled it together of uh, finding those members of the community. Age one and two were kids of friends of mine that were part of the community. Three through 18 was one kid from every grade in a pre-K through 12 school. And then 19 through 40 uh, were alumni of the school. So it was a pretty nice insulated um, community that we could tap into that um, that wanted to be part of this. And so we, we got those and there was a little bit of hunting like, all right, guys, let's buckle down. We need we need to find a 27 year old or a 32 year old or, like, you know, um, so there was that was part of the adventure. But, um, yeah, we had those 40 and uh, I just long story short, I, I jumped into it and and did it. Uh, and it took almost a year to <laughs> to get all of those. Um, those were actually technically over a year when well, I'll tell you the story of the, the 40th. But it was just this process of sitting down, did it pretty much in chronological order, um, walking in and sitting down with a one-year-old, sitting across from, you know, I show up at my friend's house, he's got a one-year-old, and he's like, so, like, what are we doing? How, how do you want to do this? And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. How does your one-year-old normally do her interviews? Uh, so, um, but, but I very quickly caught on to the magic of just capturing life at this, at this age, you know, people often ask me about, did you really interview a one-year-old? I'm like, yeah, I sat down with that one-year-old and I saw this phase of life when there's so much wonder, mm -hmm. right? And like, ah, oh, just basic um, sights and sounds and tastes and textures. And, you know, she's staring at my nose and the lights and like, you know, touching the texture of the tissue, um, pulling tissues out of the tissue box, playing with Legos, crayons, like all these Mm -hmm. um, really simple things. And then it just flowed from there. And I would just sit down and, you know, the coherent conversations started more around three or four, age three or four, but even those early ages, just watching, um, life from that perspective and the, and the playfulness and the sense of wonder and awe and, yeah. um, yeah. And then it was just a, once the more conversation yeah, exactly. And and then, it, right, the observing and then the conversations got into pretty much the same set of questions centered on what is it like to be the age that you are? Yeah. And there was a, first of all, um, what a perfect playground area for research, right? This community mm -hmm. that already has a rapport with you, you grew up in it. So you have friends and family, your teachers are still there, amazingly enough, right. <laughs> you know, um, so 
yeah, it's really small knit tight community where it, it was a perfect place to, to do this experiment. And I can only imagine what that community is like now after this experience and this empowerment and it's um, like awareness, you know, of going through this and you yourself, how you've grown and now you've created time travel journeys, which is really expanding into helping so many other individuals and communities. So this is really, really exciting. I'm so glad that you got to do that. What was the age that you really started noticing a more common pattern arise? Mm. So I think there were phases of patterns, right? And, and one of those phases was the early childhood years. And I think um, I was, I was, you know, around age four, five, six, like I sat down with this four-year-old and that was the first time I was like, wow, I'm, I feel like I'm sitting across from a younger version of myself, right? And this kid just had so much joy and energy and playfulness. And he's talking about how he can waffles and he can do somersaults. And, and then I asked him, um, Davey, what, what advice do you have for me as I turn 40? And he just looked at me and said, I like you. And I'm like, well, that wasn't the, but the more I thought about it, I was like, that's a brilliant answer to that question. Cause it was just, it was just that theme of self-compassion. Um, yeah. But I think, you know, the, the six-year-old, um, I asked her what her favorite place on the playground is. And she said that there's this secret hidden nest that no one knows about. And I was like, oh, wow. And I'm asking the teachers, do you know about this? And they're like, no. And so we're saying, can you show us this, this secret hidden nest? And she um, walks me out to the middle of the playground and points to this old beat up tire. Right. And, and this jaded adult voice in my head is thinking, that's the secret hidden nest. Then I see her and her friends in this tire throwing the leaves up and laughing and giggling. And I think there was just that theme of um, those younger years of those realizing that we naturally have these qualities that we aspire to have now as adults of imagination and creativity and playfulness and joy and, you know, um, just the, the silliness, like the, the energy um, so I think there is a theme of an early childhood of what we inherently, the qualities that we inherently have, um, mm. that just naturally come out of, of, for these kids, um, the qualities they demonstrate that are so valuable to have. So that was yeah. one set of, that was one pattern, right? Like seeing those early childhood years. And then there was the shift to the middle school years, right? And like, I could even, it was wild, like walking the same steps that I walked to the middle school. Like when I was shifting the interviews into the middle school, like my palms were sweating. My heart was, being, I, I felt like I was walking into my first day of middle school again. <laughs> like oh, I felt yeah. all that like anxiety and insecurity. And that was a theme of like those adolescent years of seeing the shift that happens mm. from those playful early childhood years to now kids talking about the fears they have, the anxieties, the insecurities, the stresses, yeah. um, the self-criticism. Oh, yeah. It's even opened up about how the hatred that they feel for themselves sometimes, the fear that other people won't like them. Um, and so I think there was that theme, second big theme that I saw that shift into the adolescent years. And I think continuing into 
you know, the later teens and twenties and thirties, we would all talk about like how we're still holding on to a lot of that stuff. Right. Yeah. And, I, and I realized that, um, I myself was still had developed those kind of those qualities, those struggles during my adolescent years. And I carried them right into high school and college in my twenties and my thirties, yeah. my jobs and my relationships and like my whole sense of well-being. Mm. Um, and that was when I made the connection between like, what if, what if I could go back to those, to those early childhood qualities? And what if that's what my 12 year old self, my middle school self needed when yeah. he was in his biggest struggles? What if he just needed to remember who he was right in those, yeah. in those early childhood years? And what if that's what these kids talking about their struggles um, what if they could tap back into those inherent qualities and joys, right? That, that we, yeah. I think we are all born with. Um, oh, we are. Yeah. So, wow. I, you know, again, I can only imagine what you were experiencing and what you're feeling as you were interviewing these beautiful human beings, these, <laughs> you know, these souls where you have so much recognition of yourself and it's like looking into a mirror of yeah. you know going back in time you know time traveling back to the past and you know so we're going to go to our first commercial and when we come back i would love to know how you were experiencing that and how you shifted the perspective of yourself your adult self now and what you were telling yourself back in your childhood when we come back. Thanks. Our lives were never the same after we learned our 21-year-old daughter, Kristen, was murdered by her ex-boyfriend. It's a parent's worst nightmare. How much did we really know about domestic violence back then? Clearly not enough. Now we know plenty. We know domestic violence, or DV, can happen to anyone. One in three women suffer physical violence at the hands of intimate partners during their lifetimes. One in three. I'm Bill Mitchell, host of the When Dating Hurts podcast. And my interviews with DV counselors, law enforcement, and especially actual DV survivors give the pandemic of domestic violence the attention it deserves. The When Dating Hurts podcast. It's a series of lives being saved. Hello, everyone. I am. Hello, everyone. I am Kim Jacobs, the host of the Kim Jacobs Show, and you all know who's right here with me, Doctor Les Brown. How are you, Doctor Brown? I'm blessed and highly favored. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the time you want to give yourself a competitive edge. If you got a message, you have some knowledge or experience a story, or if you want to do something adventurous and exciting with your life that can increase your credibility, expose you to millions of people, I'm encouraging you to have your own talk show. I used to have a talk show. That one talk show catapulted me to another level. Now there are more people watching the internet, as you are aware, than television. Yes. Come on, somebody. That's right. Dr. Kim Jacobs, she trained people on how to have their own talk show. She will train you how to do that. 
And now with me working, partnering with her, now you have the combination of an audience, expansive audience. We have over 4 million people in all of our platforms and the coaching you need to grow your business, to grow your multi-level marketing organization, to draw more attention to yourself in this noisy economy. Go ahead, Kim. So in the training that I do, Les, I actually do a six-week training. It's one hour per week. And each week I meet with the individuals one-on-one. -on -one. We go through and we talk about all of the things that's necessary for a show to become a reality. We go from how to actually identify your focus area, what's going to be your ideal customer that's going to be tuning in. We'll talk about how to get guests, how to get sponsorship how to go about getting your lighting, your branding, and your banners, and everything that you need to know. And guess what, Les? They right. own their own content at the end of the day. And that's exciting. Now, if you're ready to, to, to create a shift in your business and in your life and increase your cash flow, I want you to go to KimJacobsConsulting.com. It's right there on the screen. KimJacobsConsulting.com. You know, people say, opportunity knocks on every door. Right. No. Opportunity stands by silently waiting for you to recognize it. So I want you to recognize that this is a time for you. This is an incredible time to have your own talk show. It establishes a level of credibility. Yes. And by being exposed to people on a regular basis, it allows you to strategically begin to impact and attract your audience. She can take you in a place in yourself that you can't go by yourself. So go to KimJacobsConsulting.com. That's KimJacobsConsulting.com. Did I say KimJacobsConsulting.com? Yes, you did. Very good. Make sure you go there and sign up for the coaching. And we're looking forward to working with you. You have something special. You have greatness within you. That's my story. And that's Kim's story. And we're sticking to it. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Speaking of people making incredible impact, Les Brown, Kim Jacobs, and Mike, uh, you know, it, that's what the show is about. It's so inspiring to be able to share that with the world, the people who are really being the movers and shakers. So going back to all of these fascinating interviews at each stage and each age, what was that like for you on a personal level when you were seeing these beautiful children and looking into their eyes and kind of seeing a mirror effect, right? And noticing you back at that age. And did you find yourself so often saying, you know, wanting to tell that, you know, you know, that eight-year-old, wanting to tell that 14-year-old a, a message of wisdom now that you are where you're at? Yeah, for sure. I mean, there it was it was a really interesting process. I, I remember thinking that I was <laughs> gonna be this great source of wisdom for these young people. And I think <laughs> I was mostly learning from them. Um yeah. and really just being in the moment. Um I didn't go in with a big agenda of like, I'm gonna teach this kid this thing. But of course, um yeah, it was an opportunity for me to kind of nurture those kids and encourage them and say 
what I wanted to say or needed to say to my younger self, right? So it was very genuine in that sense. Um, it was not me trying to improve someone else. It was me like um, seeing a oneness with the person across from me and saying like what that younger version of me had needed to hear all these years. Um, and, and yeah, and so I think to the broader theme of that question, um, there was a really powerful connection between thinking of, you know, and, and when the kids talked about their struggles and self-criticism, it, it reminded me of my own self-criticism. Yeah. But I thought about the, the words that I would say to myself, right? And the words that we often say to ourselves that are very, we're hard on ourselves, right? We criticize ourselves. We're downright mean to ourselves a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And I picture those words that I had said to, my, said to myself so many times. And I tried to imagine saying it to these kids, right? To those younger versions of myself. Mm. And I just thought I was like almost taken aback. Mm. Like the wind was almost knocked out of me of thinking like, wow, I would never dare say those things to these kids. I would never say the harsh things that I have said to myself. I would never dare say them to these kids. And then it just connected. And if these younger people represent the younger versions of me, then I cannot say these things to myself again. Right. And of course it's, wow. it's not a perfect process, but there was no, something but so powerful about making that connection. Yeah. What, a, what a profound realization um, where in the present moment, our experiences and our emotions of frustration, anger, hate, all of the ones that we don't want to be in. And like you said, how horribly, how awful we are to ourselves and we say nasty things and we cut ourselves down. And then you come to find that if you look back into our past self and, and you look at a, a younger version of ourselves and you were to imagine saying that to them, it's, it's like almost gun gut wrenching. It's like, like yeah. you said, I, I was taken aback and I can picture that. Like if I, if I envision my younger self, would be like, I would never. And because, you know, they didn't know any differently at the time. Right. And, you right. know, they're just a, having a different experience because, you know, that's where they're at on the journey. Yeah. It's, it's a really interesting path to self-compassion, I think, to yeah. think of those, those kind of those two steps of thinking of the younger versions of yourself and that they are represented by younger people in the world today. Right. And so mm -hmm. think of how would you treat, we often think of like, treat yourself like your best friend. And that is, that can be a powerful form of self-compassion. But I think even just to think of how you would treat a a kid that came to you in pain, right. And struggling and what you would say to that kid. And that's what we need to be saying to not just ourself, but ourselves, right. Like in the right. plural, those younger versions of ourselves that make up who we are today. Right. Okay. So you've had the experiences with, with the younger kids. Let's start moving into the adult ages. What was that like for you? 
Yeah, that was, um, it was a broader variety of experiences, right? And like just a lot of really interesting storytelling and seeing people um, at these different phases of their life adventure, their life journey. Um, and of course, like, you know, there was power in the same way that the younger kids took me back to early childhood. There was power in like going back to my and reconnecting to that sense of energy and optimism that I had in my early twenties and those college years. And that like, I don't know, it was just like this, anything is possible. I could take over the world <laughs> kind of mindset that yeah. we often, which can be naive, but really healthy in a lot of ways that yeah. we enter the world with in our, in our twenties. So it was really powerful to go back to that. Um, and then I think to the memorable now, you know, several years removed from this now, um, another really powerful phase of this was getting to the mid thirties, right? Like 35, 36, 37, 38, 39. Um, and I started to connect with people that I had grown. Right. And so, um, my brother and like a lot of my best friends, um, from middle school and high school that I'm still friends with today. And it was really interesting to get to those years and to, um, to realize that like, there's still, I could still see that, that little kid inside of them, right. Mm -hmm. That I could see that common thread that there's some personality or soul or spirit or essence that like stays with <laughs> us. Right. Cause when I'm was so focused on the big picture of, of my past and, you know, looking at all these old photos and like, I'm looking at my, you know, 36, 37, 38, 39 year old friends that I'm interviewing now um, who are right in my own peer group. And I could see that like, wow, that in the same way that we hold on to the insecurities and the doubts and the, um, the anxieties that we kind of develop in adolescence, we also are still holding on to the, some part of us that we've always had, right. That we've had since our early childhood days. And it was just kind of this interesting moment of, hope right that like oh those parts of us are still there right and i of course was experiencing that i connected with those younger kids and i could feel those parts of me awakening um but it was really interesting to think of um just the the concept of self right and it's really not self itself right in the plural like we are um an accumulation of all those younger versions of ourselves. Um, and even yeah. I would realize later future versions, but like, um, mm -hmm. I think those, those parts of us, those younger versions of us are still there. They're still part of us. They're still part of who we are and we can tap into their wisdom and we can tap into their, those qualities and make them part of our present. Mm. That's, that's really, you know, it, it's interesting because that has really been coming up in, in my awareness lately where people have spoken about that is that like you don't truly lose uh, yourself. Because I like to say, well, we, we always have a choice to kind of redefine our identity because I right. go into identity a lot because I felt like I recently had a major identity crisis and then mm -hmm. I came to this realization of, oh, hey, you know, actually I can change that and I can change the beliefs 
that I had about myself that created this identity. And so, but I've heard other people say that there's always that aspect of you. And like you were saying, it's like, it's a soul, this essence, this something about us that is still there and it's carried throughout each stage. Yeah. And you know, when you see a friend from like childhood that you've known your whole life and you can, you can instantly see it, right? Like (laughs) you still see that third grader or whatever. Yeah. the, The recognition is still there. The resemblance. Very true. Very true. Okay. So cool. Is there anything else that you really grasped and caught on to throughout this process of interviewing every single stage? Um, I think it's just the idea that kind of you talk about with figuring out our identity that we, we get to choose, right? We get to look back and kind of choose what we want to hold on to and what we want to let go of. And also there's this interesting interplay um, of those relationships with our younger versions of ourselves. Like uh, some of those younger versions and I'll do activities in the program that I will finally introduce (laughs) to talk about what this all turned into, but um, activities around like that we can, we can learn from, there are some younger versions of ourselves that can teach us, right. That we can turn to, and that can teach us um, their wisdom. And there are some younger versions of our, and and that can heal us even. And there are some younger versions of ourselves that we need to go back and heal and that we can nurture. And like, those are like wounded parts of ourselves, right? And so Mm -hmm. there's like, it's just very interesting that we can have relationships with all the younger versions of ourselves, right? And like, we can, be healed by some and heal others and learn from some and teach others. And there's a whole community going on inside of us. Um, yeah, there, there is. So you, you kind of got started in an interesting way of how time travel journeys kind of started coming about. You want to start talking about that? Yeah, for sure. So I uh, got to age 40 And there was this question of kind of hanging in the air of like, what am I going to do with age 40? And a a friend of mine actually was like, oh, you need to be the 40th, right? For the, (laughs) of the 40 interviews. And so on my 40th birthday, I was the 40th interview. And the way I did that was I had all of the people that I interviewed get together at the school that I grew up at and, and they interviewed me about what it was like 40. (laughs) So I had these kids. It was How the best, birth- that take? <laughs> best birthday party ever. Yeah. You know, we keep, I don't know. We kept it to a couple hours, but, um, oh, that's cool. you know, it was like all these different ages now coming to me and saying, what's it like for you turning 40 and yeah. what makes you sad and what are your dreams and what are your, like, yeah. um, how do you get through your struggles? And so it was just this really beautiful experience. And it was like being in a room and this was like really emphasized that idea of, um, that community within us. Right. And like, cause I oh. felt like I was in a room full of my younger selves. Right. And it was just this really beautiful experience. And so this was supposed to be the end of the project. Right. And then I was supposed to like get back to the real world. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I knew that there was so much more to explore with this. And this was really just the start. Well, yeah, so, you gathered all of this information now yeah, yeah, that sure. you can, 
maybe apply in a great way. Right. And so I, I did not even, I, I didn't have aspirations of a program or business or anything. I thought maybe I'll write a book about this someday. Um, but <laughs> um, it was just this question of what do I do with this now? There's something really powerful here. And my, I was just so eager to like get other people to experience this. It was almost like this, Hey, you got to try this. Like April, you got to try this thing, right? Like go interview one person from every age that you've lived so far. But I knew, <laughs> I knew that wasn't practical. Um, so I was like, how can I bottle up this experience and, um, you know, really like get other people to experience what I had just experienced, but in a structured way that I could guide them through. Mm -hmm. And so I first thought that I want to help adolescents, right? That was the first like group that I wanted to help because it's that intersection of the magic of early childhood and the struggles adolescents yeah. hold on to. So like, what if we could go back to the root of yeah. where so many of our problems um, stem from? Um, and so I created a, I was coaching middle school tennis. And so I, I was like, um, kind of on the camp, really involved in the campus and had done these interviews um, and had moved back to Durham at this point. Um, and just, I came up with a, a class idea of just what if I could take a group of kids um, through this experience of exploring each age of their life. Right. And then, and then I was like thinking, well, what if we didn't just stop at the present time, but then continued into the future because so much of understanding who I was in my past helped to start informing who I wanted to become in my future. Right. So then that became the, the structure of a time travel journey. And so we had to come up with, with a class name and I had some boring name in the head of the middle school is like, we need something more fun, right? That's going to be like fun for middle schoolers. Need to appeal like, to the age group. Yeah, right. It can't be like unconventional path to self-compassion or something. Like, <laughs> okay, so then we just came up with time travel journeys um, and started as a class. I was really building it as I went, as just as an elective class, eight kids signed up for it. And it was just this experience of um, we all built our own time machines. We came up, designed our own idea of a time machine to become like the symbolic trigger to mm. go back in time or ahead in time. And then I just, we just went through this journey step-by-step step of them exploring each age of their life. And so we would pull together photos. We would relive activities like playing with Play-Doh or coloring with crayons or recreating pillow and blanket forts from childhood. Um, I had them interview and connect with preschoolers um, to have the kind of the same experience I had of like reconnecting with those younger years. Oh, um, that's right. a great idea. Oh, beautiful. Like it's just magic idea. to watch those kids connect with the younger kids um, and become experience what I experienced in a lot of ways. Yeah, well, it's um, so empowering, you know, when they feel like they get to, you know, play a part in helping somebody else. And you're yeah. right, that sense of community, of, you know, right. servitude. Um, and, and yeah, it's just a healing experience in and of itself. Great For idea. Sure. So yeah, so then and then we're writing letters to our younger selves, um, really like forming those relationships with those younger versions of us, finding out, accumulating, collecting what we can learn from our younger selves. And then we caught up to the present and then took the journey into the future part of it was just like i need more content to fill right because like, they're they're only like 11 12 years old 
Um, so it's like, okay, what if we took this into the future? And then it was really cool getting them to explore who they want to become goals and dreams mm -hmm. and aspirations for high school and college and career paths and life adventures. Yeah. Um, and we could connect the past to the future by looking at the future from the vantage point of those early childhood qualities. Like what if we looked yeah. at our future through the eyes of a four-year-old, right? Of our four-year-old self, like big imagination and just yeah. wild possibilities. And, um, and so I, you know, had them kind of dreaming and creating vision boards and interviewing high school students, visiting a college campus, pairing up with career mentors, wow. creating their bucket lists. Um, and then it was just like coming and then coming back to the present and looking at, okay, we just went on this journey. What can we learn? What can we pull from our past and future that can help us today? Right. And kind of like shrink the timeline down to like now. Right. And like realize those past qualities are not gone and those future qualities you don't have to wait until later. Like there's things that we can bring into, into our lives right now and help build up our present sense of self. So I think what it did for adolescents was that it expanded their sense of self. Like they're locked in like to the, and feeling the weight of being an adolescent. And this just like broadened their sense of who they are. And then that uplifted their sense of who they are. Um, so it was a like super successful first class, right? And like really, just I was winging it a lot. Oh, that's winging it. That's amazing. You incorporated so much, like amazing, Mike. Really, because I mean, you you got them to do the creativity aspect, you know, and going back to the to the past, building a time machine. So you have that physical, yeah. you know, where they get to be creative physically, you know, um, in the environment that they're in. And also going back to their their past and bringing in the photos and then being able to go and, you know, have that sense of community and leadership when they're talking with, right, you know, right. people that are younger than them and then pushing them forward into, you know, visiting high schools, talking to career counselors. What are the other possibilities? How do I continue to be creative? You really, if you just winged that, that's really <laughs> impressive. And I am amazed but you know so much i find that when we when we're on the right track when yeah. we found that it factor that the thing that we're here to do everything just really starts coming into focus and yeah, everything starts close. happening and things open up and opportunities arise and you know the thoughts that you have are just like brilliant, you know, and the connections come. And so that's one of my favorite parts. And I can absolutely tell that you got to that point. This is, this is the thing. Yeah. And it was just these really simple insights, um, that really, that apply to any age of like what I saw in those, fir that first group of kids is that they adored who they were when they were younger, like the self-compassion of those younger ver toward those younger versions of themselves was so strong. They adored who they were. They appreciated who they were, even the bad stuff. They appreciated their resilience to get through it. Mm -hmm. um, and they got so excited about who they can become. And I'm like, wait, this applies to anybody. If you feel good about your past, right? At peace with it, appreciative of it, tapped into the gems of it. And you feel excited about what's ahead. Naturally, you're going to be 
in a better place in the present time, right? Yeah. Versus if you feel like regretful and bitter about your past or, and you don't have anything yeah. to look forward to, that's going to affect how you are today. And so that was the realization that like, wow, our past and future has a big effect on, on our present um, experience, right? And for all the messages yeah. about in the present, live in the moment, don't worry about the past, don't worry about it. Like, um, there's more to the story than who we are at this moment in this version yeah. of yourself. Um, yeah, so I was able to then expand on the class idea, right? Really create a curriculum out of it, uh, create shorter workshop versions of it, start training other teachers to deliver this to their students, um, take this to other schools, take this to conferences. And then I just had this uh, really cool turning point, again, very organic of a uh, uh, dad of one of the students, the first students that I taught saying, hey, that thing that you did for my son and later her, uh, his daughter, can you do that for my team, my company? Um, <laughs> so he had a team of consultants. Yeah. So I'm like, there's only one way to find out. Let's give it a try. And so yeah. I created a team building version of this. And it was, again, just such a beautiful experience mm. to see this group of people work together um, and to, to realize that, and I saw this with the kids as well. So there's, you know, there's that connection to self, huge emphasis on the connection to self and bringing out the best qualities of who we are individually. But I found that when you go through this with others, it's a really powerful bonding experience. Yeah. Right? When you, when you um, understand the journey of your colleague or your team member, right. And, and the influences that have shaped them into who they are and the struggles that they've been through and the gifts that they are carrying forward. And then when you understand each other's future goals and dreams and, and motivations, um, yeah. There's just a, it's a tighter working experience. It's a, yeah, it's you, a relate. you relate, you relate. Yeah. There's the a relation, trust. the compassion, the yeah, compassion, empathy, right. Yeah. Uh, there's commonalities. Yeah. Like there's like, Oh yeah. yeah, I went through that too. Or I experienced that too. Or I'm from that same area or. This is um, another yeah. beautiful way of being able to share our stories. And, and so right. much of us say, yeah, the power in sharing your storages, stories, you know, the power of stepping out on stage and, and your voice, you know, the power of journaling, of writing it down. It's, this, it's all the same thing, right? You know, it's being able to get it out, to express ourselves and to, you know, have compassion, self-compassion too. And, you know, we're right. just all on this human journey. Uh, so one thing I'm very curious about is as you were going through this process with, with both kids and adults alike, were there any times where, um, and I would imagine so, but where, you know, there was those stuck points or those really mm -hmm. emotional times where people, you know, you know, had this overwhelming emotional experience based on something that happened in their past. A lot of times we like to say it starts around the age of five, you know, where we mm, first experience, yeah. you know, something where we're like, this isn't right. And I, and I'm not comfortable anymore. And your world is kind of rocked upside down. You're saying yeah, as the five-year-olds, you, you start having those experiences. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah. that's that's an often that's a that's a, right, a starting moment right. usually, yeah, where we kind of first experience that moment of, you know, oh my gosh, 
this isn't right. And then you become, it's like that self-aware time, right. you know, and then, and then you feel self-conscious and you start getting a little smaller and you're like, Whoa, what happened? Am I less than? Yeah. So this, this can definitely be an emotional experience. Right. And, and for me, it started with like recognizing the, the, the pain that was that my 12 year old self was in. Right. Yeah. And so, um, so it can be, it, it's, certainly can and should be an emotional experience. It's an opportunity to um, nurture those hurt, wounded parts of ourselves, right? And um, also appreciate our resilience, right? Of like, mm -hmm. wow, we've been through that. I just yeah. worked with a group of students in San Francisco and like some of the kids were, there were a couple of them that wrote letters to their younger selves. And they're saying like, you're going to go through some tough times, but you get through it all, right? You mm -hmm. get through it and you're stronger for it. And so I think there's, um, you know, certainly opportunities to deal with, <laughs> to deal with tough times and to deal with wounds. Um, but we also, you know, in the process of a time travel journey, we're putting guardrails on it and parameters and like, not, it's not just tell me about your childhood. It's let's look at, um, those things that ground the past into like tangible um, memories of favorite foods and snacks and games and toys and mm. adventures. And so we're filling those in. And of course, other things can uh, pop up along the way um, on that journey. But I think it's my favorite answer to this question was from a, a, there's a school that I'm working with in Philadelphia doing a year long version of this program. And that question came up and I brought it up to her actually. And, the head teacher. And she said, good. Like it's better that it comes up now and we deal with it versus bottling that up and, and holding on to it for decades. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. Like we need safe spaces to deal with this stuff and work yeah. through it. Um, and I, it I just kind of envision, you know, if that arises, I envision everybody just you know, loving on them when well, that person and yeah, you know, holding yeah. a space for them. And what a, what an incredibly healing opportunity. Um, and to be able to understand that at a younger age, because what right. you're really doing is giving people the tools to know exactly what to do when we go through traumatic experiences in life, because yeah. nobody gets out of that <laughs> life right. is no it's part it of the human experience it really it is. is and and we need it you know yeah. and in the in as odd as that is and it may be but it's the yin and the yang it's the yeah. you have to experience the darkness in order to appreciate the light and it's just part of that soul's journey and growth yeah for sure um i think for me and i and i tell this story to kids and adults I work with of like my interaction with my 12 year old self, who was a lot of the inspiration for this was me like having opportunities to, to think back on that kid or envision myself, like apologizing to that kid for the negative words that were mm -hmm. like, that kid was bombarded with that that kid didn't deserve, but that those, that voice of criticism. So like, I'm sorry for, <laughs> what you went through for that voice that you listened to. And then secondly, to be able to tell that kid, like, I've got your back, right? Like you're, I, I see you now. Um, yeah. 
and I'm not just trying to push you away or bury your the memory of you. Oh, that's very, very powerful. I see you. Yeah. I recognize you and I'm not going to bury it, you yeah. know, away. I'm going to acknowledge that this happened and, you know, now what? So incredible stuff. We're going to go to our last very quick commercial. And then when we get back, let's find out what is next. Stay tuned. Great. Find out more about Bella Grace in the description below. And so coming back, Mike, I, I, this is all really, really cool. What is happening now with time travel journeys? And another really curious question I have for you, how do you know where to go? Do you just get referrals? Do people contact you through your website? Or do you actually look at maybe, you know, some statistics on where the need is most greatly needed? I would like to do more of that, of find out where, where the need is. Um, well, I can, I can tell you, yes. I just moved here. And so this is, this is kind of going on, on my own personal area. And so I don't know it well. We've been here a year. My kids didn't go to school here. But I have found that the suicide rate for middle schoolers is exponentially high. Yes. And it, I, was, I was shocked. Mike, I, I was truly, truly shocked and it just broke my heart. I couldn't understand like why, why is it in specific areas? I mean, this isn't mm. necessarily a, a, a low poverty and, um, you know, and, and not that that has to be an aspect of it, but what does make an area more, you know, you know, more adapt to those sorts of things where, um, you know, where, where I was, there was more things like school shootings, not to be proud of that, but so the suicide rate wasn't really a big thing. It wasn't on the rise, whereas I see it here. So if we start talking about statistics, like when I was back in law enforcement, we really did a lot of that. We did a lot mm -hmm. of research on knowing where, where is the crime happening? Why is that? How do we get to the root cause and what do we need to do to make a change? Yeah. So we're certainly in the, in the midst of a youth mental health crisis, 100%. Yeah. And yeah. that suicide rate and that depression rate is uh, astonishingly high in many, many places across the board. Um, so that is always going to be in my heart to work with, with schools and groups of kids and the teachers that are with those kids every day. Um, I'm also, you know, so referrals are a big part of this of, you know, teachers, parents, um, conferences that I go to and, and speak at I'll, will connect me to, to schools that I work with. Um, and then really the, the bigger aspiration now I found is that this is even more powerful as a, as a full community experience. So I've had this experience of, you know, working with, with teams, um, companies that, you know, the parents will work in and I, my vision really is to, to, 
create full community experiences where even similar to the 40 interviews from 40 ages, um, I want to do that in more communities and even go up to age 80, right? Or age 100, mm -hmm. right? Like um, capture the voices of every age of, and could be, we, there are multiple ways to, for, to shape it, um, but have that experience of capturing the ages of, of every age of a, of a community um, and then creating this, this programming, not just for the kids, but so certainly for the kids in school, but also for parents to go through, for parents to go through with the kids, for yeah. uh, companies to go through, for companies to offer their employees an, a chance to do parent-child workshops, um, because, you know, the a youth mental health crisis spills into the workplace. It affects um, how yeah. employees are, are doing their job. So I've just found when you get the parents involved, when you get companies involved, mm -hmm. when you get people from all ages in a community involved, when you get mentors involved, um, it just strengthens that experience for the, for the kids going through this. Um, yeah, of course. I mean, if everybody's on board and has the understanding and awareness of, you know, I, I always like to say that, you know, the healing, um, if you want to make a big impact on the world, you got to start with yourself. And, sure. you know, yeah. it, it all starts there. And the more work that we do on ourselves, it just trickles, you know, out into everybody else that we're in contact with. And so it just helps raise that vibration. You know, the, the rising tide raises all ships. For sure. And when we can, yeah, under, understand ourselves and then understand um, what others are going through, right, in our community, that there's the self-compassion and the compassion for each other. And that just all works together in a really beautiful process. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I want to make sure everybody knows how to find you because I think you're right. It's building that awareness by, okay, I'm, I'm going out and I'm speaking to communities. The, you know, the referral aspect, I did a Ted talk, you know, that's a great way to really build awareness. I think that you were brilliant with your title too. Time, time travel journeys, you know, it really is, it speaks to so many people on so many levels. And I think you even used a little, like a little rocket ship, right? Yeah. You know, which is super cool. And I yeah. like that because it does speak to right. all levels. It brings a sense of fun and creativity. And, and to me, in my mind, it is an image to be creative. You know, when we think about just space travel in and of itself is, is like, wow, those are, there's so many possibilities and so much that we don't yet know. So the way that everyone gets in touch with you is to really visit your website. Um, also check out the TED Talk and that should be in the description of this video as well. And the website is www.timetraveljourneys.com. That's T-I-M-E-T-R-A-V-E-L-J-O-U-R-N-E-Y-S.com. And that too, again, is going to be in the description below. There's going to be many of you watching this replay. So be sure to check that out. Also, if you have any comments, leave them in the comments section below and we'll make sure to get back to you. Um, Mike, is there anything else that you would like to leave with us today? You've been such an awesome guest. You've done so, so fun things. You know, I just love what you're doing out there. Is there anything else you want to leave us with? Thanks. I I'll leave you with... Um an activity that I have uh, 
participants of this program go through, which I think is, is so interesting to see what people come up with. It always seems to be a, a rich experience for, for participants of, to, um, so obviously we all have our challenges. These are challenging times. Um, and to, to think of a challenge that you're going through in the present time, whether it's a goal you're trying to achieve or a problem you're trying to solve, and to think of what advice would a favorite younger version of yourself give you regarding that problem or challenge? And what advice would a favorite future version of yourself give mm. you regarding that? And there's, I just over and over and over, I see people coming up with solutions or insights that they would not have thought of from their present perspective. And so I think there's, and it's all looking within, right? It's not giving anyone any answers. It's just the spark to look within to your own internal wisdom of your past and future selves um, and to see what answers they would have. What would that eight-year-old or four-year-old tell you if you shared your, your biggest challenge with them? And what would that, you know, future version of you, the 80 year old or version of you <laughs> 10 years from now or whatever it is for you, um, what advice would they give you? And I think we can all look within ourselves and find really powerful answers to the challenges we're going through. Oh, that's really cool advice. That's a, that's a really cool project to do. Everybody take a pen and paper, write <laughs> that down. What is your, your present self say to your past self or past self say to your, anyway, that's amazing. And actually I just had a couple of comments pop through, wanted to share them with you. Um, Manly says, what does Mike want to say to his future self? The last part was cut off, but that's what it says self. So what does, what do you want to say to your future self? That's a great question. Yeah. So, so I, you know, practice uh, having a very powerful vision of my future self. Right. And so I think I want to thank my future self for doing the actions and the, oh, that's good. having the bravery and taking the actions that needed to be taken to get to, to, to make my life better. Right. Cause that future self is <laughs> living a, a more epic life than I'm living right now. And I'm, I think there's gratitude for showing me the way too. Oh, that's, you know, those are very key ingredients, right? Mike, where, you know, we're the gratitude that's beautiful. And then that, that key aspect of being brave enough to do the things that sometimes seem scary, but in order to do those most powerful things that you need to do to achieve greatness and to really show that to the rest of the world. So really cool response. And then I have another one that came in. If you watch this five years from now, what would you like to be reminded about? I think I want, I just want to remember this phase of life that I'm in. I don't know how I'm going to exactly going to feel in five years, but I just want to remember this feeling of optimism and excitement that I have for what I do. Mm. Right. Cause it's easy to get yeah. dragged down by the fires we have to put out and the stresses. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm sure there will be moments in five years when it would be helpful for me to remember <laughs> April, uh, April 25th, 2023 and the excitement that I had in the same way that it's helpful for me to remember the sense of playfulness and, and 
imagination that I had when I was six. Right. Mm, that's a good one. That's a good one for me too, because you're right, Mike, you know, as we do things that, you know, we we're really trying to make an impact on, on others and the world and show them, you know, the greatness within it, it can be easy to get tangled up into the mundane and the day to days and some of the process. And, at the same time, the majority of the process is really exciting. And you're right to just right. hold on to that excitement and joy within it. So thank you again so very much for being a guest on the Wellness Driven Life Show. We are honored to have you. It certainly was a pleasure. I'm excited to have others check you out, check out the TED Talk. It was super fun. And to visit your website and to really get involved and to make an impact in their community. Great. Thank you so much. Really enjoyed this experience. Oh, you're welcome. My pleasure. So for everyone else watching the replay, thank you again for being here. And I want to let you know goodbye for now. And we will see you tomorrow. Take care. Thank you.